Hey folks, I'm here today to tell you about Visible. Something unfortunate about wireless services, what you see isn't always what you get. But with Visible, what you see is what you get. No perception check required. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month, taxes and fees included. If you're looking for a carrier that is upfront with no hidden fees, then go to Visible.com to make the switch. You don't need more than one line of wireless to save, and you're going to be getting unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Visible is the wireless carrier that's constantly operating from a zone of truth. In their quest for total transparency, Visible wants you to know the monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Hey everybody, welcome to the Dungeon Cast. I'm Brian. And I'm Will. This is the podcast where we talk about everything Dungeons and Dragons. And this week we're talking about Crystal Dragons. <laughs> Hey, Brian. Hey, Will. How you doing today? I'm doing great. It's Swell. Good. Fantastic. Fabulous. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. I'm Sorry. doing all right. <laughs> yeah. Great, man. Last time I was, I said I was ready. Last time we talked about a dragon, I said I was ready to talk about fucking dragons. And a lot of people thought. I was very surprised that at these I comments out something here. Something sexual. They, yeah, they did. They really did. I didn't. When you said it, I took you for your meaning. I'm here to debunk the myths. <laughs> I do want to fuck a dragon. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Welcome to the Dungeon Cast, welcome folks. To, welcome to Brian demonetizing the podcast on YouTube in the, by dropping F-bombs in the first minute. So, Brian, mm-hmm. this is it. The final gem dragon. My final chance to... To what? Oh, um, no. Well... Um, <laughs> There's no more after this. Absolutely no more Gem Dragon content whatsoever. Um, not at all? No, that's not entirely true. Uh, perhaps Obsidian Dragons or the Ruby Dragon Sardior will get their own episodes soon enough. ask about Sardior. Yeah, it, we, we might do one. Um, and if we do, maybe this year. We'll see. Okay. I can't make any promises. Okay, well. Uh, that and I, I really want to do this, I do promise, because I really want to do another dungeon building episode, and I can think of no better candidate for building a lair than uh, one of the five gem dragons. So we'll, we'll do some random table dice, we'll we'll randomly roll roll one of the five gem dragons, and we'll build a lair. That'll we be had cool. some fun with the beholder on that one. Hey, yeah, everybody, yeah. Wa- if you're watching, watch me slowly sink down lower and lower in my chair. <laughs> I, was, I just discovered the other day that my chair is broken. Oh, so, no. Yes, it's new chair time. Please subscribe to our Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> Please. <laughs> um, no. Oh, okay. Today we're talking about crystal dragons, uh, known to be the friendliest of their kind, which is not hard since we've established the other four types of gem dragons. Essentially, hate other people and social situations <laughs> in general. Uh, crystal dragons, on the other hand, actually enjoy conversing with other creatures, and as one would expect, they are named for their similarity to crystals. Wow. And That's weird. I know, Just right? Just kidding. <laughs> um, any questions before we get into it? How do I fix this chair? Did it just break right Look now? Like live? I'm you, taller yeah, than you. And you are taller than me. Slightly. Yes. <laughs> I would say by a good inch. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Depends on which girl you ask. I mean, uh, 
<laughs> All right, let's get into crystal dragons as Brian slowly shrinks. Okay. Um, when they hatch, crystal dragons have dull gray scales uh, with a few white or clear crystalline points, allowing the wormlings to blend into rocky terrain in the face of danger. As they age, their scales turn snow white, then slowly fade to transparency. The oldest crystal dragons have scales of perfect clarity that bend and refract light, sometimes making them difficult to see clearly. Under the light of the moon or stars, they luminesce and sparkle. In bright sunlit light, they, are, they have a dazzling brilliance to them. Ooh. The radiant energy of the positive plane shimmers in crystal dragon scales. It glows like starlight between their bodies and the spines and horns that hover close to their heads and backs. Uh, these horns shift with the dragon's mood, bristling with anger, uh, lying back with fear or suspicion, rippling in side-to-side -side waves with amusement or joy. The visual on these uh, reminds me of, um, you know where they would keep the gachapon machines at like diners or grocery stores up front? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like the little have, toys, like, right? Yeah, and they'd have yeah. like little sticker vendor vending machines right next to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'd yeah. be like Pokemon stickers that are like Oh my god, dude, holographic. you're taking me back to like my eight to ten year old like oh yeah yeah absolutely i i would always want those stickers and my parents would never let me get them do you remember those 50 cent stickers and the vending the vending machines next to the gachapons from mm -hmm. the 1990s i do i that i do <laughs> they had like visibly drawn like holographic triangles all, yes like all over them yeah, yeah they did yeah, it sounds were, like that they were super cool okay moving on as hatchlings <laughs> they average uh a one foot in length body and a one foot in length tail um, I don't know if you want to. That's get, 0.3 meters, everyone. Indeed. While an adult averages a body length of 28 to 38 feet. Or 8.5 to 12 meters. And a tail length of 30 to 40 feet. Which is 9.1 to 12 meters. <laughs> the biggest great worms grow to 92 feet. Or 28 meters. Long in the body with tails 91 feet. 28 meters. Long. This is good. This is good yeah, no, absolutely. Shimmering the radiant, <laughs> shimmering with radiant energy and brimming with life, crystal dragons enjoy an innate sonic connection to the positive plane or positive planes, really, that suffuse their bodies as well as their personalities with light. Um, by all accounts, they are among the friendliest dragon kind, nurturing and optimistic. They just don't want to talk to anybody, though. Um, they are as, like as as friendly as they are. There is a very slight aloofness to them, but they're still mostly very chatty. They smile at you at the grocery store, but they like avoid the. They shit just out of keep you. going. Yeah, they see you um, coming to the bread aisle. They leave the bread aisle. I mean, the crystal. I would say crystal dragons are still pretty social. You'll you'll see. You'll okay. See. Though they are the most amicable of the gem dragons, crystal dragons still rarely go looking for ship. <laughs> uh, they eagerly welcome visitors to converse with them when they appear, especially if they are interesting or appear friendly and not as if they're trying to rob them. Oh, you know, okay. They are dragons with hordes and they protect those. So they do want to talk about bread. Yeah, but they don't go looking for bread conversation. They'll talk to you if you're like, oh, man, what's up with the special on the wheat? Is it cool to buy? <laughs> Exactly. I'll be like, yeah, it's good. It smells great. <laughs> Otherwise, they, like other gem dragons, try to avoid meeting others. It's oddly paradoxical, but I don't know. I kind of get it because I very much am like this in real life. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know me very well. Uh-huh. When I'm in a setting where I'm around friends, I'm very chatty. Mm -hmm. But I never go looking for conversation. I very much avoid it in, in the real life. I'm quite introverted. Yeah. We like, we, me and Will and I like having friends, and we love all of you. Um, <laughs> Indeed we do. We don't have to... We don't have to talk to most of you, <laughs> but we do. If you talk to us, if you email us at the dungeoncast at gmail.com, we will talk we to will you. Talk to we you welcome the conversation. We just don't go looking for it. I didn't make it to the P.O. box because I, I had no! time today and not yesterday. So okay. before our in in a month from now, we will have 
opened up the P.O. box and we'll be talking about it. <laughs> okay, for sure. We Sounds record good. episodes in batches of three. We do. So it's more like three weeks from now. But yeah. Yeah. Crystal dragons are non-aggressive by nature and rarely start a fight without a good reason. They would much rather talk things out. Uh, in fact, they even have a common, rather bad habit of using charm person near the start of almost any conversation to avoid the risk of battle later. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty manipulative. You're and walking the line. Abusive. I was gonna yeah, say, yeah, it's that's not cool. Not cool, Crystal Dragon. Not really that cool. That's how much they want to just be have a chill yeah, conversation yeah. with somebody. It's like, it's, please don't fight me for my horde. Please don't fight me for my horde. <laughs> no, just fuck it, charm person. It, I can't do this. I can't. I can't handle the anxiety. <laughs> Uh, as I said before, their connection to the radiant forces of the positive plane fosters a nurturing, optimistic attitude in most of these dragons. Uh, this has a strong enough influence in crystal dragons that they sometimes even go as far as to adopt the abandoned eggs or hatchlings of other dragons. That's how nurturing they are. Mm, okay. uh, many a white wormling has been raised in the caring environment of a crystal dragon's lair. Everything's checking out except for that charm person thing, pretty much. Yeah, but this white wormling thing gets a little weird. You'll see. Uh-oh. Um, crystal dragons have an endless curiosity about the world in general, uh, but a favorite pastime of theirs is to emerge at night, lie on the ground, and watch the stars. Uh, many crystal dragons make a study of the stars, recording their observations of the night sky and tracking the signs written in starlight. They read these signs as omens, giving them glimpses of what is to come, and they eagerly examine the potential futures of any creatures who come to them in peace. So they definitely want to, they want to know your sign, they want to read your palm, and they want they 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 just they want to read your future. I um in the fantasy world that's all cool with me. Yeah. I do not like doing that in real no, life. No, you don't like life. to get your, your stars charted no. or whatever they call it. Like, okay, <laughs> like when we get into astrology conversations, like uh, I respect your decision to believe in it sure, and all that. Yeah, That's yeah. fine, but please stop imposing it on me, please. Yeah, yeah. No, abs- of course. Absolutely. I was going to be like, yeah, I agree. T- me too. Me, I am Crystal Dragon also, <laughs> but not anymore. Not with that part. A Crystal Dragon's first question is like, what's your side? Yeah. Definitely. See, definitely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but they're not going to ask you. They're going to wait for you to ask them. <laughs> Yeah, there. That's true. That's true. (laughs) They also love having fun and making mischief, often in the snow. Uh, Crystal dragons will hurl snowballs at unsuspecting targets. What the fuck? (laughs) Fashion splendid sculptures from snow and ice and construct snow forts and even amazing palaces on top of mountains. These guys are so interesting. They're very chill. They're very chill. I love it. Um, Especially when they're in the snow. Yeah. You can't get chiller than that. Crystal dragons seek out frigid, picturesque locations with clear views of the sky above. To build their layers. Crystal clear locations, Mm -hmm. maybe. Thus, their layers are most often found in polar expanses, dizzying mountain peaks, and glacial flows. Some resemble icy palaces with numerous balconies offering plentiful opportunities for sky gazing. Um, Though ice and snow are the most common materials they use in construction of a layer, crystal and other precious minerals feature prominently in certain areas. In this way, crystal dragons' hordes literally become the fabric of their home. What? Okay, cool. Yeah, so they, they literally implement crystal and gold and gems into the construction of their palace-like layers. I kind of... Have I imagined a dragon horde like that? I always imagine them like very smooth carving like domes kind of shapes in... like. Oh, caves. for like... for Yeah, I mean, that's... I think that's common. And that would be very common. Maybe like ledges and stuff like where like tiers of where they put like certain wealth, you know, like it would yeah. be cool if I just like kind of haphazardly through a chest with like a ton of gold coins spilling out up here on this ledge, you know, like that sort of stuff. Yeah. Like Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah. I mean, I could see a bronze dragon maybe doing that for sure. Mm. Um, But some dragons we've talked about literally like, 
yeah, on the outside, it may look like a craggy cave. When you go inside, oh, it's just a mansion. In here. Yeah, I so, have also pictured like it's a museum that yeah, you walk or that, through, and yeah. it's like got like rectangular hallways and things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it just depends. It really okay. depends on the dragon. This one likes to build ice palaces with stuff embedded into the walls. That's fucking cool. It Don't they do cool. that thing out in the? There's some Antarctic tundra place where they like build a bar and a hotel out of. It's like a five star hotel they build out of ice. Um, Have you heard of that? I haven't, but I, I've gone to like I, I don't know what they're called. They're like below zero bars or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Where the walls are ice and like it's your, your, like that. your drink glass will be made of ice. Yeah. yeah. So that the the hotel, pretty much, it's like all that stuff. There's just a bunch yeah. of dudes with chainsaws working all day, and then you get to go party. It's fucking cool. Yeah, it's <laughs> pretty it's, badass. It's about as cool as it gets. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, it's all and snow jokes like uh, Jim. Cutters seeking to perfect a diamond, they spend much of their lives refining, polishing, and enhancing the beauty of their layers. So, so cool. their layer is their hoard. This it's is their treasure. It's their everything. <laughs> this is pretty sweet. Although I think other dragons might shit on them for that. Um, you know, every dragon's got their style, and every dragon is always treading on other dragon styles. <laughs> wow, your walls <laughs> look great. Where's all your stuff? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's Where's like true. all your like golden stuff? Dragons are so judgmental. <laughs> Uh, one of the factors behind why crystal dragons who dwell on the material plane prefer to live atop cold, high mountains, uh, usually on the very peaks and crags, is that they favor cold, open spaces with clear skies for their stargazing. Mm. In fact, a good number of crystal dragons decide to reside in the elemental plane of air, the most open sky place of all time. Nice, so yeah. It's nothing but sky. It's mostly sky up there. Yeah. <laughs> it's all sky. Some of the clouds are hard, I guess. Yeah, I suppose so. Uh, for their treasure hoards, crystal dragons prize diamonds and baubles that refract light and objects that remind them of the stars, sky, sun, or heavens and relics that aid in the divinatory arts uh, collections of prophecies. Uh, this, of course, includes countless works of astronomy and star charts. When it comes to magical treasure, they seek items and spells that predict the future, can, min- can create or manipulate light, or channel positive energy for healing and nurturing. Okay, now I'm starting to see it. Their hoards could have, like movable wall parts and stuff to like this crystal is actually a skylight that like opens up and refracts the light a certain oh, way. Oh yeah, stuff definitely. Like that. That's super cool. They're I like that. Using idea. like yeah. these trinkets and gems they find to make like mosaics of a certain, like it's just, it's a big mural. It's a big picture, but it's just made of tiny little like specific gems or like gold pocket watches. And yeah. Stuff and and then there. maybe the mural itself is actually like, um, uh, a chart that depicts like I don't know the phases of the mo- of the moon or the sun or whatever. Yeah. yeah, like we did the moon and the sun, and the sun is made of pocket gold pocket watches, and the moon is made of crystals. Yeah, there yeah, you go. Neat. It's fun. They prioritize beauty over value. So while they adore gemstones of all kinds, they prize fine quartz as highly as cut diamonds. Yeah, it's way cheaper than marble for countertops. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Crystal dragons enhance the natural beauty of their layers with the treasures they collect, always trying to display the, those items they consider most precious in a tasteful and interesting way and recounting their elaborate histories to visitors whenever possible. Indeed, crystal dragons also see amassing such wonderful hordes as a way to attract new friends to the remote locations that they inhabit. <laughs> they have to. They want to talk to you so yeah. bad, but you know they don't want to be cringe. Yeah, and they're, they're homebodies, but they're social homebodies. But they, they just now want to leave their house. So why don't you come over here? They're very secretly leaving flyers for like an open house. <laughs> like, hey, come see my horde if you want, I guess. But you didn't hear that from me. Yep. Actually, I don't know who made this flyer. <laughs> as one would imagine, crystal dragons frequently come into contact with the many Arctic monsters of Dungeons and Dragons, most of which are quite mean. Uh, frost giants, 
uh, remorazes, white dragons, etc. Conflicts with crystal dragons and white dragons in particular are very common. Um, some white dragons tend to try and hunt down crystal dragons. And crystal dragons have a tendency to adopt young white dragons or even go as far as to steal their eggs. Oh, shoot. Uh, this is in an effort to raise them to be friendlier dragons, though if successful, such dragons are incredibly rare. Wow. That, so they're just... They gotta fuck up the Remoraz every once in a while, huh? Oh yeah, all the time. All the I, time. I don't think Remoraz can fuck with them very much. But Fucking Remoraz accidentally burrowed into my horde. Time to die. <laughs> that would be very annoying. Can you imagine a Remoraz inf infestation? I, I already hate like if I see a single cockroach anywhere near my house. But if a Remoraz <laughs> got know, in. You see I'd one Remoraz, you know you better check under the fucking cabinets, my dude. Um, you get a pretty bad mm. burn from those guys, right? That's true, but um, even if you're a crystal dragon, you might still like take some some, some fire damage. But they uh, don't resist fire damage. I don't. Good but thing they're, in they're D &D land, dragon. you just get to go to sleep to like <clears throat> cure your third degree burn. True that. Also, crystal dragons can fuck, can fucking fly, so the Remoraz can't really get to them. Can't they can fucking fly, but can they fly and fuck? <laughs> I'm sure they can do both. Yeah. God damn it. Dragons are horny. They, that they are. Hey, and are gem dragons horny? Um, you know, it doesn't really talk much about the horniness level. <laughs> I know they make things horny, like you in know, the local area. A lot of the horniness lore is from like the old, old editions. Yeah. Well, that, that's been embodied in the culture of the game. <laughs> sure. I, I can't, you cannot yeah. meme away from horny bards. If you're in the meme game, you see it. Yeah, it's true. Uh, that being said, uh, I think, I think. The gem dragons are the least horny of, of the three major dragon types. Crystal dragons are so horny, but they can't ask anyone for for any sort of anything. They have to wait for someone to show up and offer it to them. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and despite their general friendliness, crystal dragons carry quite a strong animosity towards giants of all kinds. Uh, frost giants being the ones they interact with the most. This animosity towards giant kind is due to their common attempts to enslave crystal dragons. <laughs> what? So I don't know if you remember. They but, do enslave white dragons, right? Uh, well, kind of. Frost dragons have a whole thing about dominating other creatures and keeping them as brutally abused pets. Mm -hmm. Mostly remorazes. Yeah. But also anything they can get their hands on. So yes, a young white dragon uh, is 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 uh, would be prey to that. Um, Where was I? Uh, and white dragons, being as cruel and evil as they tend to be, have been known to actually aid frost giants in discovering crystal giant slayers to capture their young. Oh, so yeah, bummer. crystal dragons have some serious enemies in, in their domains. I smelled some riches yeah. across the sea. Mm -hmm. And, of course, so, like, frost giants uh, hate crystal giants because crystal giants um, are Wait, good. Tend crystal, to crystal giants? Crystal dragons can you imagine crystal giants they should they should add crystal giants to this game that'd be <laughs> really cool the giants and dragons fuse <laughs> no but crystal dragons and giants have a lot of animosity just because of the whole child stealing thing and then the fact that you know crystal dragons are very nurturing and they don't appreciate the the pillaging that frost giants do yeah and the same goes for white dragons so the fact that that those two can team up against them is pretty bad news for the crystal dragon that that is bad mm-hmm they're solitary, right? Like, unless they have a little family. <clears throat> yes. It, like all dragons, or most dragons, crystal dragons, do tend to be solitary unless they have a family. Mm. So although crystal dragons have a tendency to be a little irresponsible with their young, they are, by all measures, fairly good parents. Nurturing and communicative, um, supportive in their child's endeavors and pursuits of their curiosity. 
damn, but you got to watch your kid. Yeah. Because some fucking giants are going to come. Yeah, they're going to try and come in slavery. Yeah. Man, it's not even dragons are safe from D&D's hatred of children. It's so true. It's so true. (laughs) The breath weapon of a crystal dragon is likely the most beautiful of all dragons to behold, though you you are just as likely to not want to be hit by it. Um, Older editions describe crystal dragon breath as a cloud of glowing shards forming a cone of light up to 50 to 60 feet. That's 15 to 18 meters. In length. The shards strike and harm all those caught in the blast, but the real danger being the dazzling and brilliant white light they emit, which blinds opponents caught within it for up to an hour. Um, The crystal dragon's breath is as bright as daylight and can be observed for miles around. That's awesome. Yeah, it's really cool. But 5e's changed it, of course. So 5e's changed this up in an interesting way, I'll say. Instead of actual shards of crystal, the breath seems to be pure radiance from the positive plane itself. Uh, doing massive radiant damage and healing the crystal dragon as it absorbs the residual positive energy of its breath into itself. What? So it's got a self-healing breath attack. Self-healing breath. Yeah, it's it's breathing its own CO2. <laughs> when you say positive planes, I feel like I have an okay picture of what that means. But okay. what, what does that mean exactly? Um. So what I think Fizzbands means when, Fizzband. they, when they say it is... Um, the So the lower planes and the upper planes kind of exist on this axis and and this divider between them um how do i so it's like picture each plane of existence as its own island you're gonna make some people really mad right now oh yeah definitely (laughs) um no well they're bubbles yeah or bubbles sure they could be bubbles islands whatever this is a fucking metaphor static spheres will (laughs) So, like, if you if you were to picture each plane of existence as, a, as its own island, which is not accurate because they're infinite planes unto themselves, but if you did picture them that way, uh, they the the ocean between them would be the positive plane. Okay. Now you can't really, as far as I know, you can't really go to this area. But it's this just area, a, the energy between. Exactly. Thank you. So, like, within this, if they were floating in the soup, as you are saying, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. then. The, those planes would be like Mount Celestia and stuff. Exactly. Mount yeah. Celestia and uh, Ysgard and uh, others, Arvander, stuff like that. Okay. Where was I? Sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. I thought that would be pertinent. Yeah. No, it is. It is. Uh, crystal dragons have a natural inclination towards enchantment, uh, healing, and divination spells as they grow older and wiser. And of course, as proper gem dragons, they have many psionic spell like abilities as well. Uh, very old crystal dragons gain a unique power called Lux Scale. Uh, once a day, they can enchant one of their own scales as if it was a stone of good luck for 9 to 12 hours according to its age. Uh, stone of good luck is an item that you can get in this game. While this polished agate is on your person, you gain a plus one bonus to ability checks and saving throws. That's dope. So uh, crystal dragons can just make these once a day, just plucking a scale off their body. Oh, I was um, thinking. That's not what I was thinking. What were you thinking? Poop. Oh, God. Uh, when enjoying the company of especially friendly visitors, a very old or older crystal dragon might gift them one of these luck scales. Can you imagine they're like grooming themselves like a cat and I then can't. they have to. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it seems I produce a luck scale here. You can have it. <laughs> like, like, oh, no, thank you. Like cats are super chill. And then all of a sudden they just start retching they, yeah, and they look yeah. horrifying. Like, yeah. can you imagine a dragon doing that? Yes. Just like. Flying through the air and like having to land. <laughs> yes, I can see that. I need to stop making I really sound like the that. mic. Sorry. <laughs> That's cool, man. Luck. Okay, I have a quick like sort of blanket D and D question about luck. Okay. Um, luck seems to be like one of the most powerful things in the game. Is that like a reflection of that we're playing a game that involves dice and luck? 
Well, I mean, if you are you talking about like the lucky feet? There's a lucky feet and like halflings and like luck items and stuff like that being embedded into the culture of like the writing. I don't know if it's if it has anything to do with the game. I think I think in a lot of superstitious cultures, uh, I think luck plays a, a big factor in a lot of the beliefs. And you know, D D is full of omens and prophecy and you yeah, know, it's super, baked into the game. It's baked into the game. Uh, I will say this. Uh, it's probably considered OP or are uh, a very very good things to invest into because the game itself is based off luck. So like if yeah. you boost your luck in game, it also boosts your luck out of character, which you know makes your the rolls go more your way, which seems very powerful. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I, so. I just feel like it. Um, it just is so intentional and it keeps coming up even maybe in the it new, could maybe the new it writing. Is. Yeah. I, I never really gave it much thoughts, but but possibly. And aren't like in Lord of the Rings, aren't hobbits like naturally lucky or is it Um, something about Bilbo? I think that's more something about Bilbo, but I I don't know. Maybe like maybe so Tol- maybe Tolkien wrote the Hobbits as being lucky because you know they're the underdogs, and you know they I don't need think a little extra. Yeah, I don't think there was anything supernatural or anything. It might have just been a narrative device, and then that then translated later when we were when Dungeons and Dragons decided to make uh, a race based off the Hobbits from Lord of the Rings. So. Yeah, because Gandalf's like, I don't know, he's got those intangibles. <laughs> basically, Maybe that's exactly, that's exactly what he said, basically. <laughs> um, so fun facts about crystal dragons. They favor a diet of gemstones and metal ores over any other foods, but can actually subsist on the elemental matter of air <laughs> with no issues. <laughs> they just breathe and they're good. There's a, a $30 buffet uh, plane of air. This afternoon, between four and the seven, the finest air, the fine, the bottled at the <laughs> the crispest, most clear, cold mountaintops. They have a, a a walk-in freezer just with a bunch of chilled air. Uh, absolutely, yes, absolutely. In crystal bottles, they of just course. down the whole fucking thing. They it's just, like the Ferrero Rocher of crystal dragons. I love it. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I can't have too many of these. <laughs> I'll get fat. <laughs> Trying to watch my figure. Um, oh, gosh. Uh, I forgot that this was coming up. Yeah, I've okay. been watching that on the teleprompter. So, Holy creep. We, um, Fizzman's uh, Treasury of Dragons has been kind enough to give us a named uh, version or a, a unique named dragon for each gem dragon type. Fizzman! And, and we have come to the Crystal Dragons one. Um, whew, here we go. This dragon's name is Sarindalagadalalaf. Tour. But luckily, oh this adult crystal dragon is also known as Lady Gem Cloak, and that's what she's going to be called for the rest of this. <laughs> Why episode. have both? Why? I'm sure I'll well, find out. One's okay. our dragon name, and the other's like, well, we can't pronounce that because we're humans. No one can say that. Yeah, so we're calling you Lady Gem Cloak. Other dragons can't say that either. Exactly. Serendala Gloth. Or is it Fa? Like G H. Or maybe it's Saladal. Like Dal. I'm going to say like Saren. Saren Dala Saren Dalal Tor Saren Dalalath Tor Saren Dalalath Tor Somebody remix that (laughs) Turn it into like an auto-tune song Okay Uh, The adult crystal dragon Also known as Lady Gemcloak And sometimes the axe mother What? (laughs) 
<laughs> Thanks to her association with a dwarf clan dwelling in the northern part of Faerun, she lives closer to civilization than crystal dragons typically do, which delights her because of the close friendship she has formed. Uh, but also annoys her as she is forced to deal with hostile fools who mistake her for an evil white dragon, which would be very okay. annoying. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I love these little dwarfs. <laughs> like, yeah. I love you, Axe Mom. I love, I love you, ex-mom. I love you too, little dwarf. <laughs> <laughs> Having earned the enmity of the ancient red dragon, Klauth, that's a much easier name to say, Hell Lady yeah. Gemcloak <laughs> is exploring the possibility of establishing close ties between her dwarf allies and a group of Azers on the elemental plane of fire. In the meantime, she's trying to protect her dwarf allies from the schemes of a hostile mining cartel. Say what? <laughs> yeah. If that's cool. not an adventure hook, I don't know what is. Yeah. <laughs> Straight up. <laughs> so any questions about crystal dragons before you illuminate uh, the stat block and the layer actions and all that jazz? What's the genie say? Let's ruminate whilst I illuminate on the fucking. Have you been watching Aladdin lately? Nope. No? That's why I can't do the quote right. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's my favorite Disney movie. I don't know. If you it's know very good. I enjoyed Aladdin <laughs> quite a bit. I was obsessed as a child. Let's take a short rest. Oh, yeah. We do that here. <laughs> shout out to Team Shout out to. Shout out to. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify is great. They're taking businesses of all sizes, cradling them in their arms, to help them grow by giving them the tools they need. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success at every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dungeoncast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dungeoncast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dungeoncast. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. 
So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. We've returned. Here we have. I figured out that it's the certain way I sit in my chair that makes it shrink. So oh, I nice. need to not do that. So yeah. it's not totally broken, but please. It's half broken. Consider subscribing to our Patreon. Because <laughs> Help us get Brian a new chair. Straight up, we use that money for things we need. Indeed we do. That's what we do. I mean, we bought... Where do we start? We, we recorded the show on our phones oh my in the God, beginning. We did, didn't we? we did that for a long time, dude. Yes, we did that for a fair amount yes. until we got a Patreon and then money started coming. I was like, dude, we could buy a camera. Yeah. Like, we could buy mic <laughs> better microphones, mic yeah. stands, so, a table. <laughs> um, uh, a big thank you to everyone that subscribes to Patreon because when we need to do something and it comes up more often than you'd think. Pretty much all the time. Uh, yeah, pretty every single month we're doing something. Um, that's how we do it. So thank you. Indeed. Thank you so much for making the show what it is. Um, okay, so that's patreon.com slash dungeoncast in case I didn't say that and it's not obvious. But where do we need to be right now? In a think, lair? Uh, yeah, I think In so. the lair of a crystal dragon? I think so. Let's talk about it. Is it big? Let's find out. They usually are. Crystal dragons dwell in cold regions where they construct ice and snow structures reminiscent of castles but open to... Th- okay, let's just get into the lair actions. We <laughs> I mean, that sounded nice, stuff. but yeah. Yeah, we read all that. Um, the challenge rating of a legendary crystal dragon increases by one when it's encountered it's in its lair. I th- I feel like it should be more than that. Layers are pretty. I think nasty. when it comes to challenge ratings, there are more guidelines. You, you know, it's not a hard number that you just 100% trust. Like parlay. Mm-hmm. On initiative counts of 20, losing initiative ties, the dragon can take one of the following lair actions. The dragon can't take the same lair action twice in two, or same lair action two rounds in a row. Beguiling whisper, the dragon telepathically whispers to one creature within range of the dragon's telepathy. The creature must succeed on a DC 15 wisdom saving throw or be charmed. Oh, there it is. Yes. Uh, if a creature's charmed, they can attack the charmer or target the charmer with harmful abilities or magic effects knowingly. Uh, the charmer has advantage on any ability check to interact socially with that creature. Uh, that's by the dragon until initiative count of 20 mm-hmm. on the next round. A creature charmed in this way obeys to the best of its ability any command the dragon issues that isn't directly harmful to the creature. Yeah, so here's a question. Because, yes. you know, layer actions are very much tied to the initiative count, right? Uh-huh. Um, are layer actions only possible to be taken when combat has been initiated, or does it just make more sense for them to be able to do this out of combat whenever they feel like it? So that's the gray area I find with players <clears> a lot, <throat> is like, okay, like, the scene is building up. We're, we're approaching the monster. Yeah. And it's like, how much time is going by? And I'm like, well, it'll take them about a minute to get up this cliff face to, like, look down on the nest of the rock or whatever it is that they're doing, right? Yeah, sure. So, yes, I would say I would treat it more like how much time is elapsing and, like, does it make sense to do this thing outside of combat if you're in the lair and you're not officially, like, I don't I don't have players roll initiative until they do a fight thing. Where it's yeah, like, until, like, okay, you both are aware of each other, you both are attacking each other or combat is initiated um so because my first thought with this is like yeah if the if the crystal dragons know if the crystal dragon knows that they're in the lair the minute they step in the lair he's gonna stop start popping by guiling whisper yeah say hey leave (laughs) i think it would be narratively more interesting to follow that than mechanically yeah um i would think if the dragon is doing something like blatantly harmful with the party's knowledge um then i would call for initiative yeah no absolutely i agree i agree i just think that they should be able to like 
do this outside of combat. But yeah. it does say that these layer actions uh, occur on initiative count of 20. Yeah. I, I, also with my initiative, the way I run initiative is like if uh, like is it narratively interesting for me, the DM, to, to prompt initiative or is it more narratively interesting or was it forced that the players prompted initiative? Hmm. I always consider those things as well. Okay. Um, so we've got Ice Passage. The dragon can open a passage through a wall of ice or snow that is up to five feet thick, creating an opening up to 30 feet wide and high. Nice. Okay, that's interesting. And since their palace or, or lair is usually made of ice, there's usually a lot of utility in that. Yeah, they just bust out their fucking chainsaws. <laughs> uh, starlight's Gleam. The dragon chooses a point it can see in the lair. Gleaming starlight radiates from that point to fill a 10-foot radius sphere with dim light. Each creature other than the dragon in that area, when the light appears, must succeed on a DC 15 dexterity saving throw or take 13 2d12 radiant damage and be outlined in the glow, much like fairy fire. That's mm -hmm, cool. Mm -hmm. Attack rolls made against an outlined creature have advantage. Just like fairy fire. Just like fairy fire. And the creature can't hide or benefit from being invisible. Just like fairy fire. Fairy fire. <laughs> It's uh, fairy fire with a little bit of damage on top. I like it. I, I'm just going to read these as they're highlighted. Okay, uh, yeah, but sure. When you're invisible in Dungeons and Dragons. It means they can't see you. Yeah, whoa. <laughs> An invisible creature is impossible to see without the aid of magic or special sense, like Devil Sight, which is coming up in two episodes. Also, I think ancient dragons have true sight. Uh, Yeah, they do. For the purpose of hiding, the creature is heavily obscured. The creature's location can be detected by any noise it makes or any tracks it leaves. That's what Pass Without a Trace is for. Attack rolls against the creature have disadvantage, and the creature's attack <clears throat> rolls have advantage. Nice. Usually in a lot of scenarios, if you're invisible and you attack, you become visible. Yeah, usually. So you get one freebie. Uh, the starlight and the glow around any creature fades on initiative count of 20 on the next round. Oh, so it, it does fade in mm -hmm. a round. I think Fire is tied to concentration. That's cool. Okay. Uh, regional effects. The region surrounding a legendary crystal dragon's lair is altered by the dragon's magic, creating one or more of the following effects. Clear skies. The skies above a crystal dragon's lair remain clear and free of precipitation unless magically altered. Winds blow lightly, huh. posing little threat to those approaching the lair. And visibility is the best possible is the best possible for the time of day. That's fucking cool. I feel like a druid could probably uh, use uh, druid craft to tell the weather and be like, it's going to be clear. Like, it was raining over there, like, pretty close by. That's weird. Yeah, that would be weird. And also, I was thinking, if he, if a drag, if a crystal dragon always keeps the area around their layer of clear sky, where does the snow come from? Ooh. Or do they, like, oh, okay, the snow's getting a little thin, like, bring in the clouds? I'm sure that they are, like, time to take a vacation to, like... The other mountain while I let this one snow yeah, up. Yeah, time to go to my summer home. Yeah, they just fucking stick a big tube in the lake and start, like, blowing snow all over their stuff. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Crystal dragons, the power tool dragon. <laughs> yeah, so it would seem. We got chainsaws and whatever the hell you just said. Uh, chainsaws and, like, a snowblower. Yeah, oh, sure. A snowblower is something else, huh? Yeah, it is. I don't know what they call that machine. Yeah, I don't either, but I it exists. I know, I know it exists. It does exist. They do exist, like the M&M <laughs> commercial with Santa Claus. Yes. Crystal profusion. Plentiful quartz crystals from form in natural stone within six miles of the lair, particularly in places where natural light can shine on the crystals. Neat. Uh, icy sight. Ice and quartz within six miles of the lair become conduits for the dragon's psionic presence. As an action, the dragon can cast the clairvoyance spell, requiring no spell components and targeting any ice or quartz crystals in that region. 
Okay, so that's basically they can see and hear you through all the crystals, yeah, right? Clairvoyance says like go spy on somebody, pretty much. Which which uh, kind of feeds into the thing I was saying about the beguiling whispers. It's like the second they enter the layer, you're gonna start hitting with that because you're gonna know they're there because you can see through all your crystals throughout your layer. Yeah, well, this is the region. We're in the region now. Yeah, so like that's what I mean. Like inside it, the layer, they the, can do that. The, yeah, the beguiling whisper part. But what I'm trying to say is, like, the crystal dragon's going to know you're coming before you ever get there. Yeah. Because you got to go through the region. So it's, it's not home. This is not home. That's true. Uh, but uh, I, you're right. It's yeah. hard to sneak up on these guys. Mm -hmm. This That's on purpose. Yeah. Uh, Icy sight. I just did. Positive energy. Any creature that finishes a long rest within six miles of the lair regains two additional spent hit dice. That's cool. Because mm -hmm. on long rest, you only regain half of your spent hit dice, right? Or up to <clears throat> half of your total spent hit dice? Yes. Or is it just total hit dice? No, no. It's ha half of your total. Total. Half of your overall total, not yes. your spent total. Yeah, you have your overall total. Yes, cool. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, so, like, so, according to the rules, you need two long rests to replenish from zero all the way back. Got it. If you're empty. If you're empty, yes. So this would mean that you could pretend you could just get two more. You, you two actually figure out what it means. Yeah. Uh, thriving wildlife. Here we go. Here we go. Uh, let's what, let's what, fucking go. What, Animal population. What goes into a horny frenzy when a crystal dragon's around? <laughs> let's find out. Can't wait. Animal populations flourish within six miles of the lair. Ability checks made to forge for food by hunting, fishing, or trapping oh, in the area are made of advantage. Just Everyone's all horny. Animals. Oh, Humans no. are humanoids are animals. I will say <laughs> Everyone's horny. Humans are. If you go to the Crystal Dragon Town, you're gonna have a baby on your way back. <laughs> if the dragon dies, the animal population near the lair returns to normal levels oh, no. over the course of one d ten like days. Lemmings, they throw themselves off the hill. If it's if you Except roll, that's actually not true. That's a that's a propaganda. But lemmings don't do that. <laughs> if go you ahead. roll, splitting <laughs> propaganda is out of control. Will stop perpetuating. I'm not lying. It was actual propaganda. Well, not propaganda. Anyway, we'll get into that another time. <laughs> I yeah, wait for that episode. What's that episode called? <laughs> Fucking uh, how Disney uh, tricked the world into thinking lemmings co commit suicide. How to how to write lemmings into your five E game? <laughs> yeah, a, in a realistic there way. There we go. Based off of facts, Le lemmings, the best ranger beastmaster companion? Question mark. Here's ten things you get wrong about lemmings. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you roll above a four on this one d ten, uh, you need to see a doctor. Oh, gosh. Uh, um, I was going to say, before we got into all the weird horniness of the Crystal Dragon, that uh, a Crystal Dragon patron uh, for like a D&D, like an entire campaign, so like a patron of the party, would be really cool because it's like this gorgeous area is your home base. You get extra healing while you're there. Um, and Crystal Dragons just seem cool. Yeah. Um. <laughs> sure. But continue. If you're having problems with your libido, you're really into it. Um, <laughs> you guys get the idea. Uh, existing abundance of quartz crystal remains, but the new crystal form at a normal rate. So, all, all right, let's talk about the stat block. Yeah, now. let's do it. Ancient crystal dragons. This is a gargantuan dragon of gem, which is typically chaotic neutral. Uh, you know, there were a lot of good things in there, but they were all very selfishly sort of motivated. So, sure. yeah. Um, armor class is 20 natural armor. Very strong. HP is 222, a very solid number. <clears throat> it is. What's the challenge rating on this bad boy? Uh, that's way down here at 19. Oh, okay, it's a little lower. 20 like, in its layer. 222 feels low to me. Maybe it's just because in SuperQuest, all the numbers have just gotten crazy out of control. Check out our, our actual play campaign, SuperQuest Saga. Yeah, we've been doing it for three years, and uh, we're in the final arc now. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, this uh, HP is 222 or 12d20. 
plus 96. Mm. Uh, it's got a 40-foot walking speed with mm. a burrowing speed of 40 feet, a climbing speed of 40 feet, and a flying speed of 80 feet. But it can't swim. It can't, this, one do, this one don't swim. <laughs> this dog don't swim. You got strength of plus 7, dex oh, of plus 1. I, I got, do I do both? I can never remember. Do I do both numbers? Or you one do number? whatever you want, man. I'm going to do whatever I want. Strength is 25 at a plus 7. Dex is 12 with a plus 1. Con is 26 at a plus 8. Uh, intelligence is 20 at a plus 5. It's a beefy boy. Yes. Like, it's a stocky lad. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wisdom is 16 at a plus 3. Charisma is 21 at a plus 5. And God, its stats. personality is just so good. So great. <laughs> it doesn't need to be either because it could just charm you. It's true. I guess to be charming, you need the force of personality to do those kinds of magics. Uh, saving throws is going to be dex plus 7, con plus 14, wisdom plus 9, and charisma plus 11. Chedisma. Um... Skills, perception, plus 15, stealth, plus 13, survival, plus 9, very beef, uh, damage resistance to cold and radiant. That's interesting. It's always nice when they get two. Well, I yeah. mean, for a dungeon master. <laughs> no, <laughs> not for the players. Yeah. Get out, cleric. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Uh, senses is blind sight, 60 feet, dark vision, 120 feet, passive perception of 25. The languages it can speak are common, draconic, and it has telepathy of 120 feet, so it can talk to anybody. Uh, challenge rating is 19, 22,000 okay. experience points. Here's a question. Is it just me or should challenge rating be like, I feel like where they put it in the stat block is not ideal. Cause no, it should be at the top. It should be at the top, in the top left-hand corner, then right saying, above or right after the name of the creature. Yeah. It's kind of saying like, here's all of the statistical things because of this, we're totaling it at a 19. Yeah, but the thing is, like, at a quick glance, when I'm trying to find a monster, whether I'm looking for a particular monster or I want to reskin something, uh, oftentimes, okay, so I reskin a lot, not just because of Super Quest Saga, it's just what I tend to do. Mm-hmm. So oftentimes when I'm looking through a catalog of monsters, the first thing I'm looking for is a challenge rating because I have the general idea of the difficulty I want the fight to be. Right. So, like, yeah. I... there. There oftentimes in these books, there is a, a glossary in the back that you can look at, which is nice. It's just it would be cool if I could quickly look at the stat block and just bam, see it instead of having to be like, fuck, where is it? Where is it? Oh, there it is. I wish uh, the digital monster manual could sort all the monsters by different Ooh. categories as well. There's Ooh. apps that do that. d so Beyond needs to hire us. If you want to. <laughs> I don't know how to code, so maybe. <laughs> no, but ideas, man. We got them. <laughs> just pump the show, okay? You can have it. Just pump the show. People don't know about us. Um, uh, let's see. Where, where are we at? Oh, proficiency bonus was plus six. Um yeah, but there are apps that sort by challenge rating. Yeah, I, I like there are options. I'm just saying it's poor design. I would like it to be how in house. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and maybe there is, and I don't know what I'm talking about, but probably not. Um, I haven't actually been in the digital monster manual in a while. I usually, still like to use the paper book for some reason. Hmm. I don't know why. Hmm. I think it's because I have like my char- my players' character sheets up uh, in like four different tabs usually, and right. then like. My notes are up here, and then it's cool to just have a book with a bunch of tabs Yeah, in yeah. It. So you can you use both too. simultaneously. Yeah. But okay, so let's continue on. Mm-hmm. Um, we ha- Oh, uh, also this challenge rating thing that you're talking about. I think part of the reason they put it here is because they don't want to put so much emphasis on it. Like, it's here because it's, like, it's the middle of the stat. It's not important. Yeah, but it's important enough for me to use, like, I use it as a tool. No, you're right. And, like, right. I doubt I'm the only one. I'm saying that they don't think it's important. Okay, well, they're wrong. It is. Yeah, they're wrong. Yeah. Uh, legendary resistance three times a day. If the dragon fails a saving throw, it can choose to succeed yeah, all instead. all dragons get that. We get, skip, skip. We, all no, dragons get that. No, it might be somebody's first epic. Oh, fine. That's okay. why we read all this All stuff. right, all right, all right. 
Actions, right. multi-attack. The dragon makes one bite attack and two claw attacks. <laughs> slash, slash. Bite. Melee weapon attack is plus 13 to hit with a reach of 15 feet on one target. It's going to do 18 or 2d10 plus 7 piercing damage. Plus 9, 2d8. Radiant damage. So it's dealing radiant damage. It's resistant rating, resisting radiant damage. It's so, super cool. Uh, claw is a melee weapon attack with plus 13 to hit in a reach of 10 feet. One target is going to be a hit on four, a hit for 14 or 2d6 plus 7 slashing damage. Um so, like, theoretically, if all three of its attack hits in a single round, it dished out 46 damage. <sighs> Feels a little low Yeah, for, for an ancient dragon, you know what I mean? You Considering, can, like, HPs towards the end of this damn game. I know, you're doing, like, a third of a, like, Yeah, and then, HP. like, all four a party members get to come out and fucking supernova, you know, with all their ability scores. Or all their abilities, but... Anyways, yeah. I digress. Go ahead. I mean, there's still legendary actions, so you could do theoretically do yeah, a bunch helps. of extra claws. Yeah, yeah. Um, Plus layer actions. Scintillating breath is a recharge of five to six. The dragon exhales a burst of brilliant radiance in a 90-foot cone. Each creature in that area must make a DC 22 constitution saving throw, taking 49 or 11 D8 radiant damage on a failed save or half as much damage on a successful one the dragon then gains 25 temp hp by absorbing a portion of the radiant energy that's crazy that it, it, it does heal itself it does heal itself and i was thinking like now that i think about it it's biting claws are just what it does between charging its breath pretty much <laughs> yeah i mean or if they like fuck you in particular bah, bah, bah. that's like, true yeah there's always that Spellcasting Psionics. The dragon casts one of the following spells requiring no spell components and using intelligence as a spellcasting ability. With a spell save DC of 19. Very good. Dancing Lights. Guidance at will. Um, Dancing Lights says make lights. That's probably to um, glamour its guests. Guidance says you touch one willing creature. Once before the spell ends, the target can roll a d4 and add the number rolled uh, to one ability check of its choice. You can roll the dice before or after. Yeah, it's probably not going to use that in battle, but it's it's good for role play purposes. Yeah. If, if the dragon is an ally, <laughs> fucking patronizing ass dragon, like think really hard, guys. <laughs> think hard about it. Uh, once a day, it can cast command, divination, nice, nice. greater restoration, that's very nice, hypnotic pattern, Ooh. and invisibility. Yeah. Okay. So some of those are going to be going to be used against a party that's trying to fight it for sure. Yeah, we won't read we won't read all these now. This is a lot. Um, <clears throat> go check them out. They're very cool. Um, I actually don't really know too much about hypnotic patterns, so I'll be reading that later. Uh, bonus actions. This thing can change shape. The dragon magically transforms into any creature that is medium or small while retaining its game statistics other than its size. This transformation ends if the dragon is reduced to zero hit points or uses a bonus action to end it. It can also do a psychic step. The dragon magically teleports to an unoccupied space. It can see within 60 feet of it. No wonder they think they're better than you. They are better than you. By double <laughs> it's, it's in so most true. cases. It's so true. At least. So legendary actions. The dragon can take three legendary actions, choosing from the options below. Only one legendary action option can be used at a time and only at the end of another creature's turn. The dragon regains spent legendary actions at the start of its turn. You can do a claw. The dragon makes one claw attack. You can do some psionics. That costs two actions. The dragon uses psychic step or spell casting. So it could do any of the spells we listed earlier. Starlight strike costs three actions. This is the Kamehameha of this I, thing. I love stat this. Block. I fucking love it. The dragon releases a searing beam of starlight at a creature that it can see within 60 feet of it. 
The target must succeed on a DC 19 dexterity saving throw or take 38 or 11 D6 radiant damage. On its on your uh, at the end of your turn, this thing can blast you in the fucking eyes <laughs> for thirty eight damage. It's true, yeah, I love it. That's the whole stat that's block. That's excellent. I feel like these dragon stat blocks are so much better than the OG ones from the Monster Manual. I, I, know, I would I would love creep. yeah. Well, power creep, and I just think like they they realized that they needed a little bit more zest and flavor in these dragons. Like like you said, it, with this little kamehameha. <laughs> um, that's how they say it in the show that was really good starlight strike yeah um and then of course the the innate spells already built in not not like in the monster manual it gives you like the um what the variant the variant option but even mm -hmm. then like just having them built in is nice um having a legendary action that is like very tied into the element in this case radiance is very nice yeah um it is cool it's just it's just a, a better a better stat block and it, it would be really cool if they went back and revisited the chromatics and metallics and and gave it this treatment they really are like, doing better with their spice cabinet yeah absolutely like if if you just built in the spells and gave them you know five or six thematic spells and then a cool what is that a, a it costs three charges or whatever for yeah. the legendary action yeah and give them like you know get an inferno blast for the red dragon or a lightning storm for the blue and etc cetera, etc cetera. it's very um, it's very fucking cool yeah uh what does the starlight strike look like to you because i picture i did picture my dragon mm -hmm. getting up on its hind legs and unfurling its wings in like the full span and just like fucking holding that Hadouken style <laughs> That's blast. Be super cool. Or um, I pictured it like bursting out of its chest too, like Iron Man. So I've been playing a lot of Elden Ring lately, and there is spoiler for Elden Ring, not mild spoiler for a boss that you have a choice to fight if you find them. Um, there's a lot of dragons in Elden Ring, and there's a particular dragon. Um, Thanks, dude. I can't play Elden Ring now. I'm sorry. Um, right. It's an ancient dragon, right? And it oh, has it has this these these lightning abilities, right? And sure. uh, one called Lightning Spear, where this fucking dragon literally holds up both of its arms and summons lightning bolt spears in both hands, and then slams them into the ground, sending electricity everywhere. That I kind of I kind of awesome. picture it like that, but with light. Oh, cool! <laughs> yeah. Neat. Uh, this is so it's gonna that stuff's gonna like rush out to one person because this is one. Yeah, about. yeah, yeah. I love it. I love it. Do you have right. any questions about this thing? Stat I block? don't. I don't, except for to say that I'm happy with it and then I'm ready to take a long rest. I'm also happy with it. And I'm happy that reading about it didn't make me as horny as like <laughs> as, as it could have as it could have in game. <laughs> uh, let's take a long rest. All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the long rest. This is the part of the show where we. We talk about a bunch of stuff here. But yeah, a lot. We got like a whole list of stuff we, we cover here. We digest the things that we <clears throat> talked about by not talking about them anymore. We're not talking about the thing we were talking about for the rest of the show. It's mostly plugs. Get ready. Because we're <laughs> plugging you, Patreon supporters. Um, special thanks to everybody that is on the Patreon right now. Um, I know we've been saying like things are in the works. They, when we say that, we mean like it's like still like three months away, right? I mean, probably longer in some of these cases. So, I mean, but we could talk a little bit about what we're working on. Did you want? Did you want to talk about it? I right also now? just wanted to talk about uh, Unhollowed, Will's yeah, next so, DM project. Yeah, I'm working on. It's going to be a premium Patreon show 
We're going to pull out all the stops for, for post-production. We're talking like theme songs, full soundtracks, sound effects, voice acting to like redos by, by, by the players themselves. Like ADR. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And um, it's going to be a horror, dark fantasy style game, heavily influenced by both Castlevania and Dark Souls. And um, I believe we're going to have our first session zero in about a month here. And I'm looking to make the entire first season um, and make it ready to go and then start releasing on Patreon once it once it's ready. And uh, yeah, it's going to be high quality product for patrons only. And I'm very, very excited. Yeah, me too. It's going to be a great game. I'm going to be one of the players. We're also going to get uh, <clears throat> Kiki, who some of you know. Yeah, my sister and uh, Freeland. Josh Freeland, friend of the show, Josh Freeland. Um, and, and Tom from and Dude Could Tom You Imagine. For, yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's going to be a really fun squad. And the show has been, as far as now, and I don't think it's going to change, it's going to be titled Unhallowed. Um, so, yeah, look forward to that. We're working on it. And when it's ready uh, and, and sparkling and good to go, you guys will be the first and probably the only people to hear it. Uh, yeah. So it, other things we have on Patreon uh, in terms of this particular show, you can check out episode notes. Um Early episodes, as early as we can get them to you, uh, which is typically anywhere from one to three weeks, ad free, baby. Mm-hmm. Don't listen to that that fucking ad. Listen to <laughs> listen just to us. Indeed. Um, other than the, like we where we plug our own shit. <laughs> That's true. Um, but yeah, you, you guys can check it out at Patreon.com/slash DungeonCast. There's tons, of hours and hours of bonus content for live plays. Some old record uh, middle pan pandemic. Uh, it's called the Dungeon Chats. Oh we yeah, we were trying yeah, that out yeah, for yeah. a while. It was yeah, fun. so that's a show on there, and there's a lot, of, a lot of live plays. The Vault Raider series, which is like three very large one-shot adventures, mm-hmm. um, Halloween adventure that we once did, uh, Ranger Danger, and uh, there will be a third Ranger Danger as soon as I can <laughs> fucking make it happen. But there is one. And on then uh, Flashbang and the Surgeon. Two, two and the seasons. Surge. There's three seasons three of seasons. Flashbang and the Surgeon. They're all. I think they're ten to twelve episodes for each season. Nice. Depending Very on nice. which bad, which villains got part twos. F, if, for people that don't know what F Bats is, it's Flashbang and the Surgeon is the title of the show. We call it F Bats. Um, it's Batman the animated series episodes turned into D and D campaigns with these two characters, Flashbang and the Surgeon, who work for old Batman, kind of like yeah. Batman Beyond. Um, and they they go fight the I basically re, I try to keep the episode structure as intact as possible to stay true to the show. So it usually pans out pretty good. Um, you know, obviously, character choices are going to manipulate some things. Um, and the cast is really funny. It's it's myself, your special guest, Jake and our good friend, Steve. Um, so, yeah, you guys should definitely go check that out. I think you can get all that stuff at 10 bucks a month. It'll get mm-hmm. you everything that we just talked about. If you want to go up from there, it's 20 bucks a month to get some special merch. Yeah. I think we and have I, merch at 10 as well, like stickers or something. Yeah. And I know at $5 a month, you get a lot of what we talked about. Not all of it, but but at least half of it. Right. Um. So, yeah, check that out. I want to shout out the people that have come in. Yeah, in let's shout past. out the people who have been so kind to us. Um, The Last Mile. Oh, my just, gosh. The last mile. No, they're not on here. I just want to shout oh, them out. Okay. I was like, no way. <laughs> yeah. No, no way. Don't worry about it. Like, I just want to keep shouting them out. Yeah. It's awesome. Um, <laughs> I, I, I think I might want to do that. If you subscribe to us in the whale tiers, like the bigger tiers, I think we're just going to shout you out each time. Yeah. That sounds great to there. me. Yeah. Because you deserve it. Thank you so much for floating this and buying me chairs. Um, <laughs> here we go. Uh, Aaron Hicking. Thank you, Aaron. Thank you, Aaron. Tarchak, period. Thank you. Tarchak. Tarchak, thank you. Tarchak, thank you. Bailey Erickson. 
Thank you, Bailey. Thank you, Bailey. Erickson. Thank you, Bailey. I like the way your first name is spelled. It's it's B A E. Oh, Bay. Um, and I'll Lee. keep you like before Bay anybody Lee. else. Lee <laughs> uh, Jared Pasek. Thank you, Jared. Jared. Thank you. Thank you, Jared. Uh, Raekwon Brown. Raekwon, thank you. Thank you, Raekwon. Uh, we got Connor Adams coming out to shoot. <laughs> thank you, Connor. Connor. Thank you. And Ben LeMay. Thank you, Ben. Thank you, Ben LeMay. Thank you, Ben. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> All right, everybody. That was the Patreon shoutouts. Um, once again, we really appreciate it. If you want to support us in other ways, you totally can, like leaving an iTunes or Spotify review or some review of any kind, like hitting that, that subscribe button. Smash that shit. Hit the like. Destroy it. Make it unusable. Oh, no. <laughs> blood eagle that shit. No, oh, no, not the blood eagle. Spread God the word, it. baby. Oh, God. Spread the word like an ancient Viking spreading a man. <laughs> I can't. But yeah, please About do. About dungeon definitely, definitely please do. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> What, uh, what else did we say? I forgot to bring up the little list, but we I mean, we got off. a merch store with with all kinds of cool stuff. I'll be ordering more myself, so you guys will be able to see some of it in action mm-hmm. on the show soon enough. I was wearing one of my one of the baseball tees, Dungeon Cast baseball tee, and also Dungeon Cast uh, baseball cap. I'm I'm also a baseball fan, so you know. Yes, and I'm a hockey fan, and the LA Kings have made the Stanley Cup playoffs for the first time in a few years, so Ooh, I'm going to be wearing very nice King shit. <laughs> For, for now. For, yeah, for the interim. And fuck that hater on YouTube that, not actually, because I think they're probably a pretty cool person, but <laughs> also fuck you for saying that the Kings were a bad hockey team at the beginning of the season. And fuck me for agreeing with you. <laughs> bad teams don't make the playoffs. Yes, they but, do. But if you want, not in baseball, they don't usually. Um, what was I saying? Oh, yeah. If you want if you want merch, though, if you want Dungeon Guest merch, um, go check out our store, uh, spreadshop.com. Yeah. Uh, it's in the Spread, description. Spread shirt. Spreadshirt. Spreadshirt.com. Oh, yeah. Slash it's the our spread shop on Spreadshirt. Yes. Yeah, Spreadshirt.com slash the dungeon cast. And you can also check out our Twitter where there are tweets. <laughs> Lots of them. Posts, Daily, in fact. Posts on Instagram <laughs> where you can see pictures of us, usually YouTube style thumbnails. Yeah, that's true. And then also we have a, a Discord, Discord yeah. and a TikTok where we don't really do much. On the TikTok, but a Discord, so there's a so lot. So fucking busy that I can't. Uh, so anyway, um, yeah, we got all that stuff. Check it out. There's a great community on Discord where you can talk all things D and D, like yeah. we do on this show. The like community your, is in the thousands at this point. Yes, yeah. uh, you could talk about all things D and D at your pace, at your leisure, and the topics you want to talk about, not the topics we're talking about. But you can also talk about those things too. You could talk about Super Quest Saga there if you're fans of that show, mm-hmm. which you should be. Mm-hmm. Uh, the finale is coming up. It's gonna be awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's all we got. Let's call it a game. Let's call it a game. The Dungeon Cat. Greetings, adventurers. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story, Dark Dice, a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama where the story is determined by the roll of the dice. Six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. They will never be the same again. One of the players is not what they seem after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. 
The uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts.